The Laughter Permitted Podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. Hello! Welcome to Laughter Permitted. I'm Julie. This is Lynn O. Hi, Lynn. Hey, Jules. Something I've actually been meaning to do on the pod and I'm overdue on is to congratulate the Stanford women's basketball team on its national championship. Slow clap for Stanford. The card eked out a win over Arizona who surprised everyone by making it to the final four. That's right. Arizona became a big storyline after they knocked off UConn in the semifinal. Our guest is the head coach for the Wildcats, Adia Barnes. And get ready for some uber cuteness because her five-year-old son, Mateo, makes a special appearance. Oh my gosh, she is beyond adorable. As for Adia, she has been coaching at Arizona since 2016. She actually went to Arizona and still holds the record for most points in school history. Baller. And this season, Adia coached Arizona to its first Final Four. In fact, it's the first time the women's basketball team advanced past the Sweet 16. Adia played professionally, speaking of baller, for 12 seasons in the WNBA and overseas and won a WNBA championship with the Seattle Storm back in 2004. She and her husband, Salvo, who serves as her assistant coach, have two adorable kids, Mateo, who we meet at the top, and their daughter, Capri, who just turned seven months old. Yes. Lots on Adia's plate, and we get into all of it. So get comfortable listening. It's Adia Barnes. Hey there, Dope Village. Lynn and I have been involved in women's sports our entire lives. And truly, we've never been more excited for what's to come in this women's sports space. And one big reason, Ally. Ally has made a commitment to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And that means more money going to women's sports and more visibility for what these incredible athletes are accomplishing. Ally is on a mission to change the game for women's sports. So here at Laughter Permitted, we're going to keep telling the stories of trailblazing women. And every time you listen in, you are part of that change. To learn more about Ally, go to ally.com. Hey there, Dope Village. As y'all know, Ally has backed Laughter Permitted since day one of our podcast as our financial ally. And Honestly, Lynn, I might just tattoo Ally on my forehead. And Ally is currently on a mission to change the game for women sports. And get this, along with being sponsors of the National Women's Soccer League, Atlantic Coast Conference, United States Golf Association, and the Las Vegas Aces, Ally has committed to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And you, my friends, can be part of the change by watching your favorite athletes crush it on TV, by going to women's sporting events in person, by, I don't know, maybe listening to every single episode of this amazing podcast on trailblazing women. Because every time you show up for women's sports, you are helping move the game forward. You can learn more about Ally by visiting ally.com. Talking and laughing combined Feeling alright, 
Mateo, what's up, bro? Say hi. 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 My name is Julie. I'm with my friend Len. What are you doing, bro? Um, with my mom. You are. You gonna? Are you gonna? Are you gonna rock this interview with her? No, he's not. I'm gonna keep him away. Hopefully. Oh, I will. That's, I, yeah. I will. Mateo, let's go. Playing a little beat in the background. <laughs> adding some music. Yeah, don't you guys love that? Let's go, Mateo. <laughs> Get this little guitar everywhere. Hey, great. Mateo, how old are you now? Are you 20 years old yet? I feel like you are. No, I'm five years old. Five? <laughs> That's it? Yeah, and I'm driving toy cars. You're driving cars and playing instruments already? <laughs> yeah, and our house is a disaster. If Hold you're going to do your computer, can I use your phone? No, you may not. But why? <laughs> Oh my god, I love him already. This is okay, the best start to a podcast we've ever had. I know. See, that's why I have to like hide outside and like you don't understand. It's like a pain in my ass. <laughs> have you listened to the podcast yet from the Daily where they it's no. called Pandemic Parenting? And they have have you heard this one yet? Adia? No, you gotta send that to me. <laughs> it's so I need that. Good. It's painful. They have women who who call in. They just had a hotline that women could call into, and they're like screaming, primal yells. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then you have so, like, like my husband's supposed to sometimes help them. It doesn't really work that way. We get it, Mateo. I feel like we would be BFFs. Hey, buddy. I have a 12 and a 14 year old. Can you come babysit them for me? Yeah. <laughs> Please. Yeah, I could even play the music. Yeah, exactly. They would, they would love that. They Do they would... ever take naps? Um, They don't as much anymore. Could you start them on the nap cycle again? I would love that. Yeah, I would just play relaxing music. <laughs> what happened? You're, not on the, you're not on the nap cycle. <laughs> Wait, so fit, five years old means kindergarten, right? Yeah, but he he was out of school this year because of COVID. Right. Whew. And how's your sister? Are you helping mom take and dad take care of her, Capri? I hear her. Yeah. She's a what? She's almost eight months old? No, she just turned seven months. Oh, she just turned seven months. Awesome. That's nice. Do you play music for her? Yeah. Do you put her to sleep with your music? Sometimes. Yeah, put it asleep right now. All right. Okay. I need to go put her to sleep with my relaxing music, and then I'll be right back on the Zoom if you want me to. Okay, thank you. <laughs> would you like me to be back on the Zoom? Oh, Mateo, we would love you. You're, you, you can come on whenever you want. All right. <laughs> Is that a, oh, I thought that was a wildcat. That's a Aloha hat. We need to get you a wildcat hat. Oh, I'm sorry. Full disclosure, I'm a Stanford card, so I'm not sure if I could rock the wildcat hat. That's been a long time, though. When it did you graduate? a long time. I am old. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm I am, old, too. I am old. 19, so wait, you went to Stanford? What, what 93. year? 93. 93. I'm 94 and 98, so I'm not too far behind you. Oh, nice. Yeah. Hold on. You can sit, but you have to be quiet, okay?
sit on your lap? Oh, uh, you can sit right next to me. <laughs> I want to sit on your lap. Is he going to be distracting if he sits here? No. Fine. Okay, for a few minutes you could sit. Oh, Mateo, there's the man, the myth, the legend. Okay, Adia, the first thing we always do on the podcast is we set the scene. Okay. Where you are, what you're doing. Set the scene, Adia. Okay, so the scene today is a Sunday. You know, when you wake up with two kids, it's always romp room early in the morning. <laughs> Breakfast, it's already been a car ride. I've already had some calls. And we have the guitar hero right next to me. After this, we're going to go on a walk so and, mommy can get some and, exercise. And also, um, I found a perfect spot in the neighborhood to have a picnic at oh, lunch today. Yeah. Oh, did you? I didn't know that. So we're going to go on a picnic. Oh, Mateo. It's a big day. You're going to go have a picnic? Can I, can I come as well? Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best ever. <laughs> so, Adia, Julie and I have a running email thread with the subject Season 5 Guests. It's where we share all of our ideas for who we want to talk to. So I want to read you what I wrote to Julie on April 2nd. Oh, gosh, I'm scared. Okay. <laughs> Don't be scared. Adia Barnes, period. I want to play for her, period. <laughs> it, the double birds did it, right? <laughs> yes. I jumped on the Arizona bandwagon so fast in that semifinal game. And the thing about it was I absolutely fell in love with your energy. Thank you. I mean, it came through the TV screen. So to start things off, how would you describe your coaching style? Um, I'm pretty laid back. I think that like, I'm not, I'm not a big screamer because like when I had coaches that screamed, it just like went in one ear out the other. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a big screamer, but I'm like a big, like I'm very honest. Mm -hmm. So like matter of fact, like I, I can say like air, air, you suck today. You need to pick it up. Like, <laughs> you know, like you're, you're playing bad. Like, like, yeah, let's go do something. Um, but I'm not like, I'm not a screamer. I'm not super <laughs> negative. I'm not, um, I'm honest. I think, I think that's, what's good. I'm very transparent, but I do get into the game. Like sometimes I have to remember I'm not a player anymore, but I'm like, yeah, <laughs> let's go. Um, so I'm passionate. Um, I get excited, but like, I'm not like going to throw off my coat and do all that crazy stuff. Cause it's just not necessary, but I just did myself. I don't even know. I just do what I feel. It felt so positive while watching it. There was nothing negative about the energy. It just was looked like you were in the moment. Well, I try like I try not to add stress. So like I'm not a really high stress person. Um, so like in in situations where it's super stressful, I'm not gonna add stress. I'm not gonna be like, oh, yeah. you know, like super tight. I'm just like, hey, this is what it is, what we gotta do. Like, okay, we see it's like 30 seconds left. We need to score fast. Like I just kind of like just like, but this is how we do it. I just try to give them direction and say, okay, we have to A, B, and C. We have to do it. Now the time is becoming more. I, I think I'm calm, and I think that's the – I don't know. I think that's how they are. I don't, like, get like, ah, you know, because it's already – it's already stressful in their kids. I don't think they can, like, assimilate all that stuff. Right there, the value of being a player, going to coach, and understanding that. Oh, <laughs> so good. Okay, you had me at the double middle finger. Yes, that's yeah. where it was kind of like that Jerry Maguire moment where you had me at hello. You had me at the double middle. Uh, and basically you telling the team, you know, to the critics, F all of them, let's go. We believe in us and that's all that matters. Take us to that moment. 
So at that moment, um, I was so proud. You know, honestly, going into that game, I was like, ooh, this is going to be a tough one. Like, they're really good. They're really experienced. They're better at every single position. It's, you know, evenly matched at Aries, like another really good player next to her and Paige. So every other position, hand down, just, I think, better overall. Um, so I knew we had to go in and fight. But just the way we started the game, controlled the game, I was really proud of how we were playing. Um, it got a little bit dicey a couple minutes, like, left. I think the last, I think I want to say five minutes. And um, but then we kind of kept our composure, which I was really proud about. That's uncharted territory for us. We had yeah. never been in a tournament, yet alone playing against UConn in the in the finals was hard. Yeah. yeah. And so um, so I was just so proud after the game. I mean, so like surprised at the way we handle the game. So proud. And then so I knew I wanted to tell the players something. <laughs> so I kind of brought them in. I brought them in tighter because so, I was going to tell them something. I wanted to tell them what I thought. And so I was like, come in tighter. I was like, no one believed in us. I was like, look around. We believed in us. No one else did. They left us out of the video. They didn't care. No one even considered us. And we went in and we kicked their butt, you know? Uh -huh. And then I said, so blank, everybody did, that didn't believe in us. And then they were like, yeah. But I was like, because we believed in each other. Like, no one believed in us. I know. So the, the, if you were at the game, you wouldn't have seen, like, what I did. What caught us was there was, like, those that camera that's on, like, the top wire. Oh, yeah. And that, like, zoomed the in. The spider cam. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a spider cam, the fancy camera. But I was, I was a little bit embarrassed at the fact that, like, I, I look like I'm not a good role model. And I feel like I'm a really good role model. Oh. So like, I was kind of like, I was kind of embarrassed and like, gosh, if someone saw that doesn't know me, I look kind of crazy. But then I just felt like I'm not apologizing. That's an intimate moment with my team. I was loving on my team. I was oh. telling them, look, we got this. No one believed in us. Screw everybody. You know, we got one more game. And so I wasn't going to apologize because I, I didn't want to no. take back that moment. No, it, nor should not. you have to, right? Like that's yeah. your moment. I I was like, I would play for her right now. <laughs> Let's go. I, I jumped on the bandwagon even before that. <laughs> but you saw the way my players, they were like, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yes. the thing. Like, nuts. They were like, yeah. I couldn't believe it like went viral. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like memes and stuff. I was like, <laughs> but. Well, to your point, you weren't in the promotional video. They totally blanked you on that. You're playing against two of the most iconic teams in the history of women's basketball. Yeah. And you schooled UConn, let's be clear, in that semifinal yeah. game. You almost knock off Stanford. How do you get the players to believe, like, we belong here? I think not thinking about all the peripheral stuff. Like, it was just, like, one game at a time. And so for us, it was just UConn. We weren't thinking about Stanford. I knew our team is better at honing in, not saying, okay, if we beat them, we can beat them. We aren't good like that. Mm -hmm. So we just, like, if it was BYU, we talked only about BYU. We didn't look ahead at the bracket, nothing. It was just the day before, the day before we're focusing on BYU. So it was all UConn. We got to find a way to beat UConn. We got to do whatever it takes. We got to, our, our goals were always to win every passion play win every 50-50 ball. Like, those mm. are controllable things. Sometimes your shots aren't going to fall, but we can control our defense. You play hard. So mm -hmm. I said, if, they're not, if we're not scoring, they ain't going to score either. Mm -hmm. So it's like those little things. And I think that um, we had the belief because, like, what do we have to lose? Mm -hmm. Like, we were there. We worked hard to get there. It was a tough year. So it's like, at that point, you just go out and play. Mm -hmm. And I felt like we didn't have pressure. Like, we weren't supposed to win. Mm -hmm. So I said, we have no pressure. We have zero pressure. I said, like, all 20 million people in the world, they all think they're gonna, we're going to lose. So I said, it doesn't matter. We go out and play. We win. It's amazing. We go out and lose. We had a great season. So there's no pressure. Go out and play free and have fun. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like have fun, like dive after the balls with passion, win every tough play, win the tough stuff. Like I always say, love the hard stuff, love all those Ooh. things, win them. And then it's like, yeah, then it's like the shots will fall because you're confident. All those other things will come. I mean, they didn't fall against Stanford, but we still played hard. We were down 11 mm-hmm. or I think 13 at some point in the national championship game and fought back. Love the hard stuff. What are some of the yeah. hard things in a game? Gosh, I mean, there's so many hard things in the game. Like when you're down, when you're down 10 in a championship game, that's very hard. That's a pressure situation. Like, for instance, we had an and one on a three-point shot. Really bad mistake. Those are mm-hmm. mistakes where you can't dwell on them. I always talk about next play. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking of the next play. So you don't dwell on that, but you better go back and make it up on defense. Mm-hmm. Then you better be solid the next couple of times because we don't want com- compounded mistakes. But also the hard stuff in a game, like when you've just missed your last four shots, that's hard. So what are you going to do? You're going to hang your head and have bad body language? No. You're going to go and you're going to go get a free throw. You're going to go get a steal and a layup. Like things that get you back into the game mentally. I always tell my players, don't go back in your first shot in a national championship game. Be like a step back three. That's going to be a hard shot. It might be air ball. (laughs) Because it's the adrenaline. It's the beginning of the game. It's a hard shot. Better to go get a deflection. Better to go get a layup get the mm-hmm. shot your your best shot like a, you're good at a high post jumper you get that shot but you don't take a really difficult first shot oh that's such a good point you know you're nervous and you're like right. getting into the game and those are those are hard like diana tarazes and players like that can do that but you know airy airy was so hot she could have done that like she was hot in the tournament she wasn't oh, as hot God. as the Stanford game. But she was on fire, wasn't she? I looked up her height. I kept going, how, how tall is she? She's my my size, 5'6". Yes. I'm 5'6 yeah, on a good day. But I was like, whoa, incredible. Yeah, she's 5'6 on a good day. Okay, good. So same with me. So we're the yeah, same. Yeah, she's, she's small. And she's not like, she's muscular. But to be as small as she is, she doesn't get her shot blocked a lot. Mm-hmm. So well, she you got see, up like, a step back three with three people on her. Yeah, which was a tough shot. Like, that was a really hard last shot. Like we didn't execute the play well, but it's just a pressure situation. It, it was hard. But how special is Ari McDonald? Oh, like extremely special. I think um, what separates her is she's a really good player, but she's a great kid. So the first thing is a great kid. She's a great teammate. She's positive. She's got good. I'm huge on body language, has good body language, hmm. um, good aura about her. And then you take the basketball side. She works really hard. She, um, the first one there, last one to leave. She leads her team, doesn't say a whole lot, but what she says is powerful. And then she's a dog on the court. Like she's got this fire and this competitiveness that you can't teach. So like players either have that or they don't, you don't have to become that. Mm-hmm. So you're either like an ultra competitive person or you're not like, like I always try to think I can make people that and you can't, mm-hmm. she is like, does not want to lose. So she's going to score. She's going to press you for 40 minutes. Like, She's going to play like her heart out. And so the area that she grew in when she first got to college, she wasn't playing that way every, every drill. She was playing that way in like five on five. And so like she learned and got better at like every drill competing every, because every part of the drill, makes you better. Like when you play five on five. So she kind of got to that level the last couple of years and just took her game to the next level and worked a lot harder and was more um, tuned in on, becoming a pro and that that's like a player you want to clone because when then when everyone sees it around her 
it just raises everyone up as well. For right? sure. Cause they right. followed her. So yeah. she worked hard. Yeah. By her being like that the last couple of years, yeah. it took our program to the next level uh-huh. because then they were all hungry. They were all like, like about it. Like they were all wanting to win and wanting to be good. And so they followed her lead for sure. Well, speaking of leads and carving out paths, history was made at this final four for the first time ever. There were two black head coaches, Yeah, you and hall of famer goat Don Staley from South Carolina. What needs to happen for this to become the norm? Well, I didn't even know. Like, uh, there were so many things I learned in the tournament that were first. And it's so, it's like, I didn't know we were the first Don and I, like WNBA, former WNBA players to be in the finals. I didn't know that. And then like the only one that's a mom in the finals, then Don and I, the only two African-Americans. I just thought that they had been there many times, like with Vivian. <laughs> I didn't have any idea. So during the tournament, I was like, wow, really? Um, but I thought it was special because, you know, Dawn is someone I, who, who I look up to, um, someone who I just think is wonderful. I used to watch her when she was a player and she was like a point guard in the WNBA that was like the floor coach. And I watched her in the, in the Olympics and Sue Bird and I were really close. And so Sue Bird was like learning from Don. Mm-hmm. And so I watched that whole process. So to coach like against her being that same conversation with her, I think was meaningful for me. But I, I honestly thought that would have happened many times. I think that yeah. the reality is there aren't a whole lot of successful African-American coaches. And I think if you look at, if you like look and you always ask like, who are the best? It's like, you kind of have to rack your brain. Like, you know, you can always name different, you know, coaches or, but when you think about like really successful black head coaches, it's Vivian, you know, Carolyn Peck won a championship before it's Don. like there aren't a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, Don and I talked a lot about just, you know, when you're given opportunities, like when former players are, you can be successful. But then the flip side of that is you have to win. So when we are given the opportunities, you need to be successful because mm-hmm. that's how you create more opportunities for others. But I think the reality is a lot of coaches have not been as successful. We have the same problem in soccer. There's not yeah. a lot of women coming through the pipeline. Like, what is the solution to this? Because it drives me crazy that we're still talking about you two being the first female black coaches in, in the Final Four. No, for sure. And you know the other thing? So I'm biracial. So, like, it's always interesting to me, too, because it's like, it, sometimes, and I talked to, on NBC about this, like, it's like, where do I fit sometimes? So, yeah, I'm a black female. But it's like, I was reading on Twitter, it's like, oh, she's only 5% back. She's barely back. Like, I was like, whoa. You know, so it's always interesting, like, where does that fit? And how does mm-hmm. that work, you know? Because I, I remember in the Pac-12, there was one year I was the only black coach. So, male or female. And I didn't know that till the paper told me. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Because I, I don't, I forgot. I don't think about it. Um, and then it was funny, next year they hired a black coach and they were like, oh, there's one black coach. And I was like, oh, I was black last year. I'm not black this year. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, because I'm conveniently black, right? Thanks. You know, it's just funny. So it, it's always interesting how you fit and how you mix. But when I look back at why, um, I think one of the reasons is as women, we're always coached by men. So growing up in AAU, we're always coached by men. So a lot of younger woman, women would prefer to be coached by men. And I think that when it when our game changed and it started paying a lot more money, mm-hmm. I think a lot more men that probably didn't have the opportunity yeah. to coach women, they crossed okay. over to the women's side because it yeah. makes money. I think now we have over 50% men in our profession. Mm-hmm. So and it wasn't until the last couple of years that women are coaching the NBA, but no women are coaching big college programs. 
So mm -hmm. this is all more recent, all, all of this, um, you know, more equity, mm -hmm. but there's just aren't a lot of women coaching big programs. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to look at who's hiring. So there's maybe mm -hmm. two or three power five black ADs. Mm -hmm. So you tend most of their white male ADs and you typically hire who yeah. you, who, who you, you associate know. with yeah. and who you, you, you relate yeah. with. So I think oh. that's kind of there, when there's more women ADs, I think you're going to see more women, more yeah. women of color, just like that. There's no like, I mean, even and it was funny because when I tweeted about Don and I, I got this side tweet that said, at least you guys get the opportunity. And it was an Asian mm -hmm. woman who like there was no Asians. And I said, girl, when there's an Asian woman, I'm going to be the first one to retweet it. Like, because to me, it's not that race is the biggest thing. It's just that I think you should celebrate those things. If there was two Hispanic women in the final four for the first time, yeah. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Right. Like it's just celebrating the things from groups that don't have as many opportunities. Yeah. And to your point, maybe it's just they need to see it to be it. And that yeah. will inspire more. But, oh, if we could just plant that seed to young girls of you can do this and let's get into coaching because we don't have hardly enough in it. Um, there's possibly another first in there, and that is you pumping at halftime of a national championship I game. I, do, I don't know if we know if that's officially the first, but oh, so good. And when Holly Rowe says it coming out of halftime. I, I like, so for, yeah. Okay, let me tell you what's going on. So nor we do that all the time. Like we're women, like, you know, we have babies, like we pump. Okay. That's what we do. Yeah. But the funny thing is I had to pump because I didn't have time before the game. So normally I always pumped. Like I, I kept the last 25 minutes and I pumped. I talked to the team. I had a routine and I pumped. So then I could, I wouldn't have pain during the game. So mm -hmm. for the championship game, I had media stuff. There wasn't really a space. I didn't have time. So I didn't have time to pump. So I was like, I'll be okay. Like, let me just kind of just suck it up. Like I don't have time anyway. So I got to deal with it. So during the game, I was like, Ooh, like, you can feel you know, it too. Like, yeah. I got to kind of, I kind of probably pump for a second. I didn't really know. It's like kind of the end of the second quarter. And I was like, I, I probably need to pump for five minutes. So I, I, I didn't want like on national television with like 5 million people watching, like to have wet spots. Yeah. So I was that's like, real. Yeah. yeah, it's real. So it, I was it, like, it comes out when you don't, you're like, oh, I'm bursting. It's coming. Yeah. And I don't want to like touch me. It's like, you know, like you see like a wet ring. I would have died. I would have never coached again in my life. So um, I was like, you guys, I got to pump for two minutes. So I booked it in the locker room while the girls would give them five minutes anyways. I was like, I need to pump. So I'd like put on the things real quick. And I was pumping as I was talking to the staff, writing down my second half thoughts. And then, so I didn't have time to like take everything off. So I had like the nursing bra and I had these cups on both sides, right? <laughs> and so I'm talking to the team and I have like the blanket over. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, you know, they've seen me pump before. So I was like, okay, these are the three adjustments for second half. Like you couple off. During the national championship game. I mean, this is just yeah. phenomenal. Okay. So I'm sitting there like this with two, <laughs> but I have like the blanket over me and I'm talking to the team. I tucked it in on top so it didn't fall. It falls. <laughs> so it falls and like, you see like my stomach and you see like these two plastic things. And I was like, oh, sorry guys. I pick it up before I'm fucking embarrassed as hell. Excuse the French. <laughs> And so, like, I pull it up, and, like, I, I just go back to talking. But everybody started cracking up. 
like they were and I was like I was like at least I'm not embarrassed and they laughed it like broke the ice yeah and that, so that and then after that I let the girls go out I had to go like take my bra put the things I put the milk on put it in the fridge and like I'm doing my bra like I'm you know these nursing bras yeah I'm like doing my bra as I'm like walking out so I didn't tell Holly but someone must I was like we had a minute left so I'd like book it and right. someone must have, like she was pumping you know like yeah. I never told. I don't know how she knew that. Yeah, someone I would did, have never said someone that. did say you were late because because she was pumping. Yeah, but, but I love that she, she that she spoke about it and yeah. that you speak about it because yeah. that's the importance of people normalizing it is huge. Like this is the reality of what yeah. what we have to go through, and it's not weird. This is it. No, it's like what we have to do, and like we do it all the time. That's why I was going like, women do it all the time. Like I'm sure tons of women have pumped at halftime, but I normally don't. But honestly, like I normally don't have the baby at an eight o'clock game. Yeah, I had the baby at eight o'clock game because we had lost a nanny two weeks prior during the Pac-12 tournament. To your point about losing your nanny just prior to that, I mean, as if um, we needed <laughs> any more to add to this two dumbbell, one yoga mat story that was revealed inside the bubble. On top of that, which drives me crazy, they the NCAA failed to figure out the the bubble for you guys with is it in terms of kids and childcare and all of that, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was like, and for me, I didn't realize that because, you know, you're when you're a coach, you're like in your world, yeah. you're busy, you know, when you have kids, mm -hmm. it's like you don't have time for anything else. Um, like I didn't, I was getting calls from all kinds of coaches around the country, like calling me, I'm like on the DL, like saying like, hey, what do I do in this situation? I was like, wait, you can't bring your kids? Like, I didn't understand it was a thing because I get to dictate who my 34 people are. Right. So my kids are going to be in that 34 regardless. I didn't understand that so many of the other coaches, they couldn't get their coach to allow them to like add two people. Mm -hmm. And so then I started talking. Who are about their kids, by the way? Who are their kids? Because yeah. it's like, you can't just bring a kid. You have to bring a caretaker. Right. So it's two. So then you have to take another spot of someone else. Right. Why the why a baby counts towards the count when they don't count on the plane? They're not a ticket. It shouldn't. But they yeah. do. Uh -huh. And so I think that was a big thing. So women were calling me all around the country like, well, my administration saying this. And I'm like, well, that's not that's not true because I do that here. <laughs> like so I did. And I, I, I talked about it. Um, some people wrote a couple articles and it helps some women take their kids. So I was happy wow. to like, wow, I could help with that. I didn't know that all of this was going on. Right. And so the challenging thing for me was, so I had my five-year-old, I had my at the time she was six months old. We were in the bubble, but there was, it was hard. It was never thought of like someone bringing a kid. We were on lockdown the first couple of days, like in a hotel room. We weren't guaranteed at first that we were going to have a suite. So yeah. at first I was really stressed out. Like my friends were calling me, sending me pictures from there. I was like, if I don't have a suite, like we're going to die. We can't all fit in one room. Mm -hmm. And so so then I got the suite. The room was fine. The room was perfect. But like, there was nowhere to like run your kid. Like there was nowhere mm. to go. Mm. So that was challenging. But then we like ran around the hallway. We just brought like a bag full of like paint and like all kinds of stuff. We made it work, but it was challenging because there was no outdoor time. Was all the inequities that took place during the tournament was this something that you talked about with your players no because they all knew it like we talked and we joke about it or we talked about wow Sedona's you know TikTok has like 20 million views <laughs> um it was like wow it went viral but I think that that was the one exposing the weight rooms 
Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. She's exposed mm-hmm. the weight rooms. But I think we didn't need to talk about it because it was like so glaring. Mm-hmm. It was just like, wow. I think they would bring stuff up that I didn't know because I wouldn't have the comparisons. They would have like friends that are in the other tournament. And I'd say, really? Like they would say, oh, the guy's going top golfing. I was like, wow. But I didn't want it to be the focal point of the tournament because every press conference I was asked and I wanted it to be more about like the play and the talented women we have and their stories. Mm. But the cool thing I thought, which I thought the NCAA did a good job of was fixing it fast mm-hmm. because within like a day we had an awesome weight room but it should have been like that in the beginning yeah, yeah. and it's, but it's like oh you can do it after all oh <laughs> i mean they, they literally they did it in a day like the next oh. day we had a great weight room and we had like four of them so it was i just don't know why there was no thought before i, I don't know how that wasn't important oh god yeah i know but we know, you know? it's too many and the, years but the that. food you guys the food like just, like the food was bad like yeah. our kids the first week our kids were eating and i said you guys aren't eating they were like oh. no we're not eating so i had to like then order all kinds of groceries and cereal wow. they weren't eating the food jeez oh it's disappointing the testing the swag everything it's like you everything. go down the list let's go ncaa I oh know. god Okay, the best coaches don't just teach X's and O's. They teach about life. Yeah. So what what do you want your players to walk away from your program knowing about themselves? Well, they're going to be better. So, like, that's something I think that we're the best at. I honestly, okay, am I going to outcoach Tara? Probably not. Um, she's <laughs> only won, like, 1,100 more games than me. But I think the things that I thought that I could bring and one of the reasons why I started coaching, I thought I could really – mentor and like help navigate things so like one of our things is loving the process do we always talk about leaving a legacy i feel that everybody in our program was uniquely chose chosen loving the process leaving your legacy so the process Mm -hmm. is hard the process is the bad stuff the process is like you know failing um losing all the all the difficult thing the adversity that makes makes you stronger so when i tell young women i'm like i don't just say oh be confident <laughs> like what does that mean like how do you be confident like okay so we in my program we do a lot of stuff that's really annoying i know it is but I, it's beneficial we do echo like um etiquette class so etiquette class but like the full-on like four-hour etiquette class for like two days where you're like learning how to shake hands you're learning how to write a thank you card you're learning how to eat but you're learning how to like get into your seat how you leave to the bathroom like everything like detailed but it's like in etiquette it's like you have to dress up you have to stand you learn how to interact you learn how Mm -hmm. to introduce yourself what to say you learn how to enter your seat like on the right side, like how you do that. Um, you learn, you look at thank you cards. You learn like you're not supposed to start a thank you card with thank you, or you're not supposed to buy the thank you cards that say thank you on the front. <laughs> like oh, those you're who- not? <laughs> no. Wait, what? All these no. years? No. I have been I doing it wrong <laughs> according to the etiquette lady. No. How are, we, how are we supposed to start a thank you note? <laughs> well, you talk, but you don't say thank you because it's like the first thing you're saying, you talk about thank it you. It already says it on the front. You're like, yeah, I you're already not. said it. That's why you're not supposed to get that. Oh. So I learned stuff too. I was like, oh, dang. But um, I want them. So that's what leads to confidence because then you go to the WNBA, you don't mess up the table at your first formal formal mm-hmm. dinner, right? So, um, and then like media training, like yes. how to see the media, you get better at that. So if you watch my kids in the program from the beginning to the end, they're better. I mean, go look at Aries Instagram four years ago mm-hmm. and look at her now. She's different. Like look at <laughs> Sam awesome. Thomas. 
Yeah. Like they're better. They're more confident. They're, I don't have to say it, but I watch it and I like witness yeah. it. If I know like, okay, Ari, I know she didn't like to really speak a lot in public. So I constantly like intentionally would put her on the spot. Yeah. So like Ari explain to the team this, you know, like throughout the years, I did more mm, and more of yes. a year and like Ari, I want you to come to me with this donor event. I want you to meet these donors. Like come, I'm going to introduce you like to get her like mm, uncomfortable mm-hmm. situations or, you know, Sam, I want you to do this. I want you to be our spokesperson for this. Um, you know, little things. So they just get better and just from experience and then like learning how to dress at an interview. Um, they had, they leave here with a resume. Um, just awesome. so many little things like that. Mm. So they're growing as women because the 1% is going to go play pro. The rest aren't, they need to be prepared. If they didn't grow in my, under my clock in the four years, they're not ready for their next 40 years. Mm. Then I didn't do my job. Yeah. Uh, so. And you're modeling it, which is the most powerful message you, you can give as well yeah so. and i think they won't realize that till later because like i think they get to see it but i don't i don't realize that i think later on when they become a mom they'll be like wow how'd you do that like i think mm-hmm. they won't understand i don't think they have any clue right now even the double bird they'll understand that <laughs> <laughs> they love it because i'm just the type like i'm different yeah, I know. Like, like you know like, like if you came okay so you came from stanford let's say you played at stanford and you transferred to me there were no and etiquette go, classes given at stanford by the way exactly. stanford. No, you think would, there should be like, but i would have been like julie we're gonna we're gonna kick their butts for you let's go let's let's do stanford <laughs> for julie like you know it's just like that's what you're supposed to do right i'm cha- i am changing my thank you card procedure and protocol going forward thank you for that yeah don't buy the thank you with the thank you i know i used to do that too i was like in the etiquette class oh taking notes myself but it was amazing like but those things make your kids better like they become better women like we're women like i have to help you grow Mm -hmm. like our jobs speaking of growing i hope you grow when you're about to lose this next game adia we play a very competitive game Losing is growing, you know, Adia. Uh, That's true. It's called uh, creatively the Lynn game. And yes. <laughs> who made that with this game? That's best, what I want to know. Who made best it name ever. Uh, Lynn, explain your game. I'm very good at it, Adia. I just want to warn you. Okay. This trivia game came about because Julie kept turning questions into competition. <laughs> yeah. So I just created a competition so that she could get it out of her system. I, ha- I have to. This is a five question trivia game best of five wins it's all multiple choice okay at any point where you think you might know the answer you can chime in and on that note what do you have is a noisemaker is a rattle okay a rattle is great <laughs> and it's our first rattle ever is it you guys never mm-hmm. had a rattle are you serious yeah no rattle okay. we had a gavel from neka agumake is that loud enough or no do that it works. Again. Do it again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or this and one. And Julie? That this one's better. Second one. Okay. okay. Julie, okay. what this have you got today? Makes me nervous. Um, I'm going with my tried and trusted <laughs> squeaky toy. That's a donut. The theme of today's game is grab bag. The oh, questions God. can be about anything. Oh. Question one. What are baby porcupines called? Oh, this is unfair. Is it A, porcupets, B, petite pines, or C, porcalilies? C. <laughs> did you did you do your noisemaker, Adia? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Incorrect. Who the heck would know that? Uh, <laughs> Julie. 
Porky pets. Correct. <laughs> yes. Is that really what they're called? Porky pitas. Porky pitas. Now that's just not smart. Okay. <laughs> oh, crushing it. One zero. I told you, Adia. Question, Adia, question good luck. two. Good luck. <laughs> what year did the first Air Jordans or Air Jordan ones come out? Oh. A. 1985. B, 1989, or C, 1991? 89, I'm guessing. Incorrect. <laughs> what is this? Julie, what's your guess? So it was, it was 85, 89, or 92? 91. 91? No, I'm going to go with 91. That's right. Incorrect. Ah! It, really? Air Jordan 1s came out in 1985. Oh, that's I early. Not, I would not have thought that. That's really early. Wow. Okay. No one bought them in 85. That's why. <laughs> right. They didn't get popular <laughs> till the 90s. Yeah, exactly. Question three. Yes. How many Instagram followers does Michelle Obama have? Oh. A, 27.2 million. Oh. B, 32 million. Or C, 45.9 million. Oh. 45.9, I'm sure. Correct. I was going to say, wow. I would go the highest possible. Question four. Who directed the two Wonder Woman movies starring Gal Gadot? Oh, oh, I know this. I know this. If you say her name, I know A, it. Ava DuVernay. B, Patty Jenkins. Or C, <laughs> Patty Jenkins. Two to one, Julie. Boom. Let's go. Correct. <laughs> Question five. Who was the first winner of American Idol? A, Carrie Underwood, B, Jennifer Hudson, or C, Kelly Clarkson? Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> Correct. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I think I'm on to the tiebreak. Okay, tiebreak. Tiebreaker. How many assists does Sue Bird have in her WNBA career? Each of you can give... Your answer, closest wins. Again. Not doing prices right rules. How many assists does Sue Bird have in her WNBA career? Adia, you guys are buds. Let's go. I should know this. But you like should I look know this. Assist. This is going to reflect on your friendship. If it not. is. Okay. So please don't tell. I don't, don't tweet at her or anything. <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask for an answer from both of you in three, two, one. A thousand. 1,200. 1,200. Dia wins. The answer is 2,888 assists. No, actually, I should have known it's over 1,000 because I forget she's played. This is her 20th season, so duh. If she gets like six a game, that's, I didn't even think about that. Okay. Yeah. I should have known that. So can 20, I change that 2,000? I meant. <laughs> you still win, Adia. You won. You take the game. You won. Who's going to be like, Congratulations. Wow. Okay, most pressing questions. You have given me my new favorite Ackerman. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Ackerman. What is it? <laughs> I know Smith. Come on, Stanford. <laughs> you have given me my new favorite acronym. It is GSD. Can you tell the dope village what GSD means? The censored version is get stuff done. The uncensored uh, no. version is you can say it because it's your show. No, you say it. It's your <laughs> acronym. Get S done. Oh, you, come on, get shit done. Get her done. 
You know, I got that from another podcast I was on. I was like, I love that. I'm going to use that from now on. Oh, who'd you steal from? I always like to give credit to who we steal from. Spain, Spain. Oh, Sarah's? Yes, nice. Sarah's Spain. Oh, Spainers, yeah. GSD? Yeah, they, yeah, they gave course. it to me. I was, like, I, I was like, I'm stealing that. I love it. Because that's like what we do. Just think about it. As a mom, you just like get yeah. it done. Like yeah. whatever, I got to get GSD. Done. Yeah. No problem. Next most pressing in the final four game against Connecticut, were you wearing Versace tennis shoes? Yeah, I was. So listen, they're red and blue. Okay, so I no, had to wear them. sick. And they're like, you know, they're clunky. So they kind of make our... Mm-hmm our casual gear look a little better but then nike didn't want me to wear them so i had to change uh, them I, you know nike wanted me to wear nike so i was like okay i'm a team player so change them tonight back to nikes final thing we do on the podcast is um a segment called high low cheer and okay. we do this around the dinner table with my kids i typically ask them their high of the day their low of the day and someone they cheer for but for okay. you adia we are going to do high, low cheer of your career. So high of your career, low of your career. And the cheer is for someone who's helped you along the way. The high of my career is, you know, going to play for the national championship. Like that was pretty awesome. The low of my career. <laughs> pretty awesome. <laughs> was, um, I mean, so there's two lows. One low is losing in a championship. That just like sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, the other low I think was just like, having a miscarriage coaching the next day like mm-hmm. that was a hard that was hard to do in the middle of coaching um the cheer is i'd say cheering for airy her getting drafted you know third pick the highest mm-hmm. ever at the school i'm just just so happy that she's made it and just watching her grow i think that's yeah. been an awesome awesome thing oh and then when you saw her get drafted that moment must have been a full circle maternal almost right yeah, it was. I was sad I couldn't be there because in a typical year, I would like been with her there. Um, but, you know, I was leaving the next day to USA Basketball and COVID. So um, it was just I was happy to see her dreams come true. And I FaceTimed her yesterday and just like she's just so happy. And I'm so it's just great to see her just achieve like her lifelong dream. So awesome. proud mommy moment. Well, thank you on a Sunday with all the chaos in your life for taking the time to share your wisdom. We so appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, darling. Go get that picnic in. (laughs) I know. I stand with my earlier statement. I would play with Adia any day, anytime. I would play for her. I'm with you. So good. 100%. Uh, Okay, my takeaway, Lynn, I'm going to start, is Adia reinforces my belief that when you lead authentically, transparently, Mm. vulnerably, people respond to that Hmm. because leading is about trusting. And when you trust in your leader and the people around you, good things happen. It's not not even about winning. It's about doing right for your teammates. And I love that about her. My takeaway is as we were interviewing Adia, a thought I had was coaching is a calling for her. She is meant to be doing this. Mm. I was blown away at the level of detail she considers and wanting to make a positive impact on her players' lives, obviously from what they do on the court, but also leaving school with a resume to mm-hmm. teaching them how to write thank you notes in etiquette class. And most importantly, writing it in mm-hmm. Like, actually, handwriting a note is powerful instead of an email. All right. Questions permitted. 
This week's question comes from Lizzie G07 on Instagram. Is it donut, D-O-U-G-H-N-U-T, or D-O-N-U-T? What is your spelling? It's definitely not Doffnut. No. <laughs> it's D-O-N-U-T. I get, I actually get kind of aggro when people spell it Doffnut. I'm like, no, why do we do this? D-O-N-U-T. I'm with you. D-O-N-U-T all the way. <laughs> Who has time to spell Doffnut? Way too long. Way too complicated. Keep things simple. <laughs> As always, thank you for taking time in your day to hang out with us. Dope Village, thank you as well to our sponsors, Ally Bank and Dick's Sporting Goods. And be sure to check out Kate Diaz's music, who crafted our theme music. And as always, remember kids, sing it with us. Laughter permitted. Now that's just not smart. Hey there, Dope Village. I wanted to remind you about the best NFL podcast around. The Mina Kimes Show, featuring Lenny. Every week, the brilliant Mina Kimes tackles the biggest NFL topics with precise analysis and, of course, signature wit. You can find The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny, that's her dog, by the way, wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out. Baseball's back, and so are your favorite teams and players. Catch the best of the bigs all season long on ESPN Plus with over 170 live MLB games featuring every star and every team in the league. Sign up now at ESPNPlus.com baseball.